0: At the end, Mike is going to predict what happens in next week's episode, and then we're going to grade the episode. Okay. Sometimes it's stars. Sometimes it's bananas.
1: I think today (laughs) it's going to be uh, five souls or maybe five worlds. Sacrifices? Oh, come on. Jesus Christ. You're so right. It's five sacrifices.
2: (laughs) Sacrifices (laughs) is pretty good.
1: Edit it so I said that. (laughs) 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 I think today it's going to be... uh, Five sacrifices? Wow, Mike, what a good idea.
0: Can't believe I thought of that. Wow. This is my Alchemy Wikimi detector. It goes ding when there's stuff. It's another episode of Full Metal Analysts. Welcome to our show where free writers analyze each and every episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm Michelle. I'm Arthur. And I'm Mike. And our guest today is a writer, podcaster, editor, and all-around genius. Please welcome to the show, David Brothers.
2: Hey, how are y'all doing?
1: All around genius. genius.
2: Man about town. It's true. It's actually on my Wikipedia page. So <laughs> Educated wow. man of
0: fashion. <laughs> David, let's start things off by asking you the question we always ask whenever we have a brand new guest, which is how did you get started with
2: a Metal Alchemist? I'm discovering that like I'm an old dude when it comes to manga and anime, so I was there when it came out, but in college, like high school, college. So I had friends who were watching it, You know, people I knew who were super into it, and I was actually not that into it the first time through. I watched the original anime and it, like, it was cool, but like, it wasn't really in my bag. And then years later, like, you know, I guess sometime after 2009, I watched Brotherhood and was like, oh, this is really good. And then I read the manga and was like, oh, this is really, really good. Yeah, it was sort of like a short trip from kind of just not really worrying about it. to just suddenly being on my radar and like something I wanted to check out more of.
0: This week's episode is Eye of Heaven, Gateway of Earth. It was directed by Shuji Miyahara, who directed Death of the Undying, The Little Man in the Flask Combined strength in this one? So, another director joins the rafters. Canon salute. And it was written by Hiroshi Onogi, series head writer, as all the episodes up until the end are gonna be. Let's get into our recap. This is the moment of the podcast where one of us has to do an improvised 21 second recap of this week's episode, and that person will be decided solely on the roll of a dice. Mm-hmm. If he lands on one, it's me. If he lands on two, it's Arthur. If he lands on three, it's Mike. If he lands on four, it's our guest, David. So mm-hmm. let's roll the dice. One. Ah, oh, shit.
1: Jeez.
2: <laughs> I was ready for this too, but unfortunately. Me too. I I, th- I was like,
1: this is one I could do. I know it. I <laughs> know yeah. yeah, I could do it. Three, two,
3: one, go.
0: Then he brush Miss Maria Ross. Meanwhile, underground, the whole sacrifice is trying to fight back, but they can't fight back. Uh, the father and Pride just no sell every one of their attacks, and May tries to do something, but fucking fails because she's useless. Anyway, solar eclipse begins. Then Scar and Raph fight. Scar reveals he has a new arm, and it's uh, armed arm with reconstruction stuff. But it's too late. The, the The eclipse begins. Father turns on the thing, and
2: he sucks everyone's souls, and he opens up a gate. Twenty five. I would have definitely failed. Now that. I've heard that.
0: Yeah, it's not that
2: easy, huh? No, you like, could do it. Like, I thought I it. was ready, but I don't know. You <laughs> could do it.
1: Michelle flourished a little, you know? He took his time in the middle, I could tell.
0: Yeah, I should take my time. <laughs> no, sorry, I, I said something wrong, guys. I really need to correct this, you know? In the name of fairness, I need to correct this. Um, I said May was fucking useless. I should have said she was really fucking useless. No. Aww. She
1: she wasn't really. She uh. She tried her. She's there.
0: Oh, she tried. She was, well, okay. she was there. <laughs> she was there. Yeah.
2: She was was present. That's tough.
1: And the poor panda made a little squeaky noise. Did we all hear? Okay, all right. I mean, do we want to get this out of the way?
0: Our oldest host is the one who's trying to do the whole... What's it called? The whole thing boomers complain about? The uh, participation trophy oh, yeah. of culture?
2: Yeah. Oh, no. I'm all about participation trophies.
0: I'm not a boomer. You keep saying
2: that. I'm a geriatric <laughs> yes. millennial. Okay. I love the delayed reaction on that.
0: Yeah. Wait a minute. You <laughs> whippersnapper. Yeah. <laughs> Father was really nice. He was like,
2: hey, I didn't invite you. <laughs> That's like a big villain move, too. Like the you don't matter enough. <laughs>
1: The gun was a surprise for me. I thought it was a weird flex. It was like, oh, he can do, he's literally like all powerful. He's about to open a door in the earth and he chooses to make his hand into a gun of all things. It's the Green Lantern paradigm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You could do anything with your imagination and the Green Lanterns always do guns. (laughs) It's (laughs) like, think a little harder, maybe. I don't know.
2: Like that moment actually made me think about how hard it would be to shoot bullets through alchemy. Like there's so many different things you would have to do to make that happen.
3: Right,
1: That's a really good point.
2: Because it seems like he was just shooting regular bullets, because they didn't punch through owl or anything yeah. like that.
1: Yeah, make a gun that shoots through metal, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, have to,
2: like, you, have to,
1: you have to like assemble
3: something that has like moving functional parts and gunpowder and like yeah. the bullet inside it. You'd think it would be easier just to like accelerate a bullet
2: towards somebody. It's like throw a knife. You know, like we've seen, do something.
1: So do we get Panda Talk out of the way or or what?
0: It's already gone.
1: We already talked about
0: her. Sorry. I mean, can we just have like the- Nope. Too late. So there's something one of our (laughs) guests said in an episode all the way back. Sarah Lerner said that people think of this as a very, very hard magic system. And in a lot of ways it is because it does have very clear, strict
3: rules. But there is an emotional element to it.
0: I think she's absolutely right, you know? I think there are times where Phoma Alchemist is like, okay, here are, like, the exact rules for how this is going to work, like, when they're fighting greed. And sometimes they're like, hey, just go with me with this one, like, when Ed becomes a single Soul philosopher Stone. I think here they struck a middle ground that was a bit unsatisfactory. It took a huge drag. It was like, all right. What if the earth was uh, a living being? And like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. With with like a nervous system. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) Wouldn't it have like its own gate? Oh, dude, it would it would have like like everything. And you're kind of like, I guess. And then when he does it and there's actually a gate, you're like, "Uh Uh (laughs) uh-huh.
3: I like how they all turn to Hohenheim and they're like. So is this, like, legit? And he's like, I'm afraid it is. You can eat God. <laughs> They're like, oh, all right. <laughs> so that's the Wait plan. Wait have
0: not mention that.
3: He could have mentioned that. He's like, yeah, I knew the whole time.
0: <laughs> I wish, because they love explaining things in anime, I just wish a quick moment where he was like, if you have five people who see in the gate, you have enough residual energy to open up the gate of the world, and that mm-hmm. lets you contact the bigger truth of all worlds, which technically should be considered God a lot. Like, just... You know, it doesn't have to make sense. It could be bullshit. It's the Doctor Who explanation. Every now and then, whenever they have an episode where they have a monster in Doctor Who who re- doesn't really make any sense, they kind of mm-hmm. have the Doctor give an explanation, and then that the Doctor immediately says, "I don't know. Could be something else." But at least they give a explanation. You know? Yeah. I'm going with it. I'm rolling with it. I'm trusting the show
1: because, like, they're making things make sense for me. Like, I really want to talk about this really fast. Like, I was pretty hard last episode. I think we all were on the whole Roy Mustang being forced into... They did explain it this time. Human transmutation, right? And it's like, oh, Mm. but that's there was a reason why they couldn't do that. And the fact that Roy was never tempted, like the, the fact that Roy never did it it does two things in a great way. One, it sort of rounds his character arc a little bit and shows the kind of person that he really is When we, because they were kind of keeping it like in a box. Like, is he terrible or is he good? Well, he made his decision not to do human transmutation even when it suited him. Even when mm-hmm. it was in his interest, he wouldn't do it. And I think that's something. I think that's value. I think that's something. I don't think it completely... I know I can hear Michelle shaking it. I don't think didn't that completely say absolves everything he does, but it does sort of show us his character in a really nice way. And also it helped. You know what I mean? If
3: yeah. he hadn't refused to do it and they had been forced to force him, I guess pride would have been a lot stronger. But this, this whole battle would mm. be
1: going a different way. Maybe, you know what I mean? At least they have a chance, even though it looks like they yeah, lost. I, right I didn't now. not know that <laughs> part. I like that. I, although i think
3: the logic is a little like well it's wonky it's Sarah. it's what it's sarah little, says you it's know like michelle was soft. saying like yeah
2: i think that it wants you to buy in like i also bought in on the um stuff with mustang and kind of this last story arc but i think that it doesn't explain a lot because it kind of reflects this the plots that have already been going on father's quest for truth mirrors the elric's quest for truth and even though his is like much more I don't know, fancy? Like, what do you call trying to eat God?
0: Wait, I'm going to put on my English essay teacher hat on. Can you go deeper on that?
2: Yeah, so basically the Elric's didn't know their father, they lost their mother, and when they tried to bring her back, everything went bad. And everything since then is them trying to get back to their original bodies, but also discovering what happened. So they discover the truth of their mother's body at one point in the series. They discover the truth behind what their father is, and then that also kind of sheds light on what they are. So they've been revealing, like, their own personal truth this entire show. And Father is also looking, you know, it's like, you know, no one gets to boss me around. Like, even God's not above me. Uh, The monster wailing at God, like, at the end of this episode, super good. Like, that is Mm. very much what I watch anime for, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So I think that even though Father is the villain, they're kind of on a similar path as the Elric's. Where the Elrics have like a really strong moral core, like you had the episode about how like they don't use a philosopher's stone, even though it would make their lives much easier. They're like, you know, we don't want to do it. It wouldn't be right. Like the idea of right and wrong, I think really, really matter in this show.
1: Oh, for sure. I wonder what the little panda thinks about...
0: Now, I do have to say, so Pride, he <laughs> says something that I feel like Pride would have been given the trapdoor, our first trapdoor.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I was I was
3: uh, distracted. My finger is currently hovering over the No, button. no, 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 no. no. <laughs> no this is
0: legitimately a question. The show raises this question. Because Green shows up out of nowhere and Pride is like, where'd you come from? And I was like, that's a good question. Where did he come from? Yeah, does it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Where was he? Like the last time we saw him, he was upstairs. He was in the surface. Oh, that's right. You're right. Yeah. You right. He was holding the door. Yeah, so I guess he stopped hmm. and then he went downstairs. I guess he succeeded or failed at that. And it doesn't matter. And then matter? he waited for
2: a moment <laughs> to come down and like for his cool yeah. line. <laughs> so he was clearly waiting in the rafters or something.
1: Huh. I wonder if no, he held he the door. He defended
3: or not. the door, I guess right yeah, i assume
1: male.
0: i, I don't know, know. Or, maybe, or maybe we saw him or kill maybe a bunch of people yeah <laughs> he was fighting them and then he just suddenly just stops and then he door's away and the soldier's are like what <laughs> the fuck <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: gotta go yeah. i will say one thing this part of the show like this phase of the show isn't super good at is finishing fights like in this story arc cuz oh, they'll kind yeah. oh of just you're right. before yeah and like you kind of know what's going to happen like it's very heavily implied but like come on i want to see everything mm mm-hmm. mhm but that allows yeah. characters to just pop up in other places like, haha, you thought, you know, I was busy. But I wasn't. <laughs>
1: I wasn't busy at all.
2: Yeah. Which isn't even a knock on the quality of the fights. Like, I no. loved um, they're fantastic. the Fuhrer versus uh, Scar.
1: Mm.
3: Ooh. That was probably my favorite part of this episode.
0: Yeah, I like how there's this really great moment when Bradley finishes his speech. And then he's like, all right, let's get fighting. And there's like a moment of silence. And Mm. you're like, what's going and then he just runs forward. (laughs) Yeah.
2: That's that good stuff.
1: I that that speech was great that that the Fuhrer gave that whole like Oh, it's
2: cool. Yeah. It was like
1: I'm beyond nationality, race, sex, you know, I'm just a crazy asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm just a fucking like at I'm my a, core, I'm i my core. I don't just a fucking big care,
2: asshole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And those speeches show up in like other stuff too. Superman has one of these in the Justice League cartoon when he's fighting Darkseid at the end of the series, and he's like, I feel like I live in a world made of cardboard. Always taking constant care not to break something, to break someone, never allowing myself to lose control, even for a moment, or someone could die. But you can take it, can't you, big man? What we have here is a rare opportunity for me to cut loose and show you just how powerful I really am. And it's always such a good moment because you're like, this is character stakes. Like, this is how important this is to this person. This is what this means.
3: And then he says, I've arrived, which I took to mean like, I'm born. Like, I'm actually
2: maturation. I'm
3: actually alive. Like, life doesn't mean anything when you have a million lives.
2: Mm -hmm. And this is one of the first things he's doing for himself instead of, you know, the big plot. This and the wife
0: are like the two things he's
2: done for himself.
0: I like that they give an explanation as to why they just didn't force people through the gate. Mm -hmm. But I feel like my problem with it wasn't that like there was no consequences. It just came up out of nowhere, you know? It's like mm. they should have no, said they, that. No, they hint. They hinted at it a little bit. in when? the last step? Well, they no, had. No, uh, I'm saying in the before they do it. No, no, no. I'm saying the like actual act of forcing him to go through it. It was a rule
3: of convenience. I agree. It was one of those story truth, emotional truth things, like you mentioned that Sarah talked to us about.
2: I think it was consistent for the series.
3: I'll give you that. It felt a little late to introduce a concept like that. It was. It was late. And it's, it's weird to introduce things that late when you have essentially a series that you could plan
1: out from the very beginning. <laughs> who do you, right. who here thinks the manga probably did that? You know, I'm not sure, but probably no idea, did the set mango, the grain, the, f- the manga was also... Released in volumes, you know? Because the manga wasn't written and directed by different people, you know what I mean? Like, it's easier Mm -hmm. to plant information at a better time, I think.
0: But also, fun fact that I learned today, the anime and the manga were coming to an end relatively close, Hmm. apparently. The last chapter of the manga came out in June 11th of <laughs> we 2010. Just can't, we cannot
1: consistently say this word. Oh,
0: manga. Sorry. <laughs> we try, but we cannot. I'm sorry. No in judgment. my case, I have English as a second language as an excuse. So, but it's not English. <laughs> so the last chapter of the manga came out in June 11th of 2010. And the last episode of the anime came out in July 4th, 2010.
2: That's wow. like a month difference. They're hmm. pretty close to each other. Mm -hmm. And the manga was probably drawn after the anime in that case, just, you know, because of production times.
1: Yeah, but I still think they could have maybe the concept of why you can't force someone to do human transmutation and what the price is for that. I'm
2: curious. Yeah. But it seems so important that I think it almost be like telegraphing the twist.
1: Right. Or you'd be like, Like oh, "Oh, I don't know. How much should I say? You know what I mean? It's an easy beat to miss, especially if you have different people working on it. Like that all being said, it worked.
3: Like it functioned in the story more elegantly than I thought it would. Like it actually, hmm. it actually worked pretty well within the context of these two episodes. But I, I agreed. It came out of nowhere, but it's yeah. it worked.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay, Scar's arm. Yeah. What about it? Oh, I was just saying, like the, the last ten to fifteen episodes where we were like, oh, it's too bad that Scar used to be such an interesting character and he just walks around now. Like during that time, he was actually just quietly biding his time, sowing the seeds of creation on his arm. <laughs> this battle you know
3: (laughs) yeah i mean that was pretty awesome it could still be a twist but it would be cool if he was like up to something i agree if we'd seen him like studying an alchemy book but it was it was a cool reveal i really liked it and when he just pulls it out in the fight and he does like an alchemy move and you're like and your brain is kind of like oh like an alchemy move like it happens all the time in this show and you're like wait scar doesn't
2: doesn't do that that." yeah like wait a minute (laughs) scar's cool Uh, i think it
3: was a cool moment it was a
1: cool reveal the way you kind of process that it works for his character too because it shows that like he was so unevenly bent on destruction before you know what i mean so mm-hmm. it, like really it really kind of works to see him now understand the duality of his own self you know what i mean of, of all things you know creation yeah. and destruction
3: and then bradley's like doesn't your god
2: hate alchemy and he's like i don't give a fuck i love those moments where someone's like yeah i threw away my morality and culture just to come over here and kick your behind (laughs) like so good
3: and and this is the guy who you know signed the order to exterminate the ish and he failed actually to fully exterminate them Mm -hmm. when he says you wish never give up i'll give you that he would know like these are the ghosts of what he has done Coming back to kill him.
2: And Scar never sharing his name, I thought was really powerful too.
0: But yeah, Scar and Raph's fight was really, really cool.
2: What did you think of the Ishvalans in this episode? Kind of running around doing undetermined stuff, I think, so far.
0: To me, just confirmed that the Amestrian soldiers are dumber than stormtroopers. (laughs) 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 You know how after the original trilogy, like every Expanded Universe book wanted to come up with a reason why the stormtroopers had bad aim? (laughs) as opposed to just they had bad it was like oh they weren't really shooting yet they were pretending to shoot or they had bad side or something Mike knows what I'm talking about probably like there's always somebody trying to make the stormtrooper school of shooting cannon or something like explain yeah. why like they're have just bad, bad
1: shots or something
0: yeah <laughs> i kind of want them to do that with a master to explain why are the soldiers so dumb <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like did raf like we must only pick the dumbest soldiers so no one will rebel against us Mm. easier
2: to control i suppose <laughs> why did the ish make you think of that oh because they're just running around yeah because oh, they okay. pull
0: like scooby-doo tricks on the soldiers like oh yeah <laughs> come on yes <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> they basically do stuff like make a bird call and, and they're like hey what's that
0: <laughs> yeah what was that noise probably a rock
2: okay <laughs> <laughs> i got it i appreciated it thank you david thank you
1: <laughs> i want to under- i want to talk about like the metaphysical implications of What's going on in the last moments of this show? The gates it's, in the
3: sky. It's and then another the moon eye is behind it, and then the sun is behind that. He
1: wants to devour. Like that is the
3: eye of God. I mean, he called him God. That is the door. And It's like the same door that
1: that they all have been through. So he wants but... to devour the portal. Like he's using the planet to get enough energy to devour the portal of truth. Yeah, I think the idea
3: is that everyone has their own door. Ed goes through the door. It's. His little god guy with the arm and the leg, and when Al goes through the door, it's his body, and yeah, I recognize that it's a little vapey But <laughs> <laughs> if Earth is a person, then this is Earth's door, but he's
1: going through it, so it's not actually his door. The little guy in the flask, he's done everything to just absorb and absorb and trick people and fool people and get people to do, you know, give them to him and. Until he's, you know, he's hungry and he's hungry and he's eating and he's eating. And now he's this big giant thing and he wants to do more. He wants to, he wants, to, his flask gets bigger and bigger and he keeps trying to get out of it more and more and more. And it's like, yeah, that part of makes sense. That is, that yeah. is cool. Like it all works emotionally, but I just wish I understood the metaphysics of what I'm seeing a little bit more, you know?
2: I think it's a mix of metaphysics and also, well, I guess religion still counts as metaphysics. Uh, mm-hmm. When you take communion, you're consuming like the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think in this sense, he's looking to consume God to become godlike and or possibly God himself.
1: Yeah. No, oh, that tracks. But to what ends, you know, to what
2: end? The end is that being in the flask has just been absorbing stuff the entire series and getting bigger and bigger, like you were saying. I think that this is the final stage. Like when everything is the thing in the flask, you know, it's not going to be alone anymore. It's not going to have to fear anymore. It's, everything will just be it. You know,
1: I have a theory that maybe he thinks that's true. Maybe thinks that that he can fill this bottomless hole, but I don't believe that he can. You know what I mean?
2: I think it's telling there's a big speech about how Father used his own personal greed to make greed right before he does something incredibly greedy. (laughs) And all we've been seeing is greed kind of exceeding his grasp, so to speak. I actually
0: (laughs) like that the final plot of this show boils down to a guy being like... You know if i if i put my dick in a hole technically i'm fucking the earth right
2: (laughs) yeah it really does (laughs) (laughs) here
0: it is here's the hole i found it here i go everybody here i go i
1: I got exactly (laughs) the
0: five people i needed to see this (laughs) If I had one person, nobody would believe them. If I had two people, everyone would think they were making it up. Five's the perfect number. Everyone's going to know why I fucked the earth.
2: Because statistically, someone that five won't like the others, but they'll still have to agree. And that's yeah, how you know yeah, it's exactly. true. Exactly. Oh my God.
1: It's the perfect plan.
2: Like, I love the visual of the giant father kind of opening the glass. Just before, like the screaming started at the end, like escaping from another bottle, another box.
1: Right. It's not. Yeah, I love that. It's like he's escaping from another flask, but I get the sense that it's just into another one. You know.
2: Yeah. Like there's always there's always someone bigger and badder than you out there. There's always a bit another prison.
1: And there's always something smaller and cuter, like the little panda that squeaks <laughs> and runs over to May in this segment of Panda Talk.
2: I was glad Al saved the panda by, like, dodging in front of uh, May's body when oh, <laughs> Father I love was that shooting. Too. I love that, too. That was too. a really good shot.
0: It was adorable. It was adorable. No, I'm going to use this opportunity to... This is Panda uh, Talk, by the way, just in case Yeah, Yeah, we, because we're in Panda <laughs> Talk, I do want to say something about the panda and May as a whole. Arthur, just to check, I do have one complaint per episode, right? I'm allowed one complaint per episode. Oh, yeah, no, I'm,
3: I'm reasonable, you know. Okay. You know, it is at my discretion. As to when you fall down the trapdoor.
0: Okay. Watching May in this episode, and there's a moment where May was like, You're gonna give me that stone. And I was like, Didn't we already get past this? Like, why are you still doing this? We're having to follow May, and May as a character, it feels like why is everyone entertaining the idea that May can do something and May and then May actually it's just like she just feels like a like the kid everyone somebody brought up along and then I was like, guys, it's like my It's like my aunt's little sister. We need, can we just pretend that she's great? (laughs) I have a problem with that because in the same episode, we have this. We have Winry, and Winry comes back to essentially be a damsel of distress. Mm. And I really did not like that scene. Like when Winry's on the floor and her last words are, save us, Ed. I was like, come on, guys. You're going to have Winry go, oh, save us, Ed. Like, I just felt bad. Justice for Winry. That's all I'll say. Hashtag justice for Winry. But
1: I'll, as much as I agree with you on justice for, I, I I agree that it is a little too bad that Winry becomes a damsel in distressed territory because she's such a great character and
2: so mm-hmm. strong
1: and so fun. Um, I don't think that necessarily means that May can't have a moment. Like there's enough room for everybody here.
2: <laughs> and I think <laughs> you know? May really needs a moment at this point in the show, too, because mm-hmm. like you were saying, like see, they did kind of make her redundant a little bit. Or at least background her story necessarily. She's not like the focus the way she was maybe twenty episodes ago.
3: Yeah, I th- look, the May thing uh, is a little some lost it's potential a little actually. Yeah, big yeah. yeah, May here, I I agree with what Michelle was saying and like easy to write off May as a character and I often do I think, but <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 but I think here there actually was a real opportunity to use her because Hohenheim invented alchemy. Mm. He crossed the desert from Xerxes while father went the other way into a mistress and he invented alchemy history as like an alternative way of practicing alchemy and one that isn't controlled by father mm-hmm. and so to have that come back to have that seed he planted like thousands thousands of years ago in shing come back in the form of may and her be able to like actually do something effective against father would have been really cool it's not too late he's like
1: nope it's not too late for that (laughs) and then she blows up it's a cool idea they do let that drop well i love them and that was another segment of panda talk
0: wait 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 we didn't ask the final question Uh, david what do you think of the panda uh i'm pro panda Yes, Uh, and panda talk mike hey I'm going to try something new by saying... You are going to make at the back. Okay, let's go. <laughs> this is the moment in the podcast where Mike has to guess what happens in next week's episode based only on the title. And this week, not the thumbnail because I could not find a single thumbnail that wasn't spoilery enough. So this week, you're only doing the title, Mike. And that title is... He who would swallow God. What am I going to do with that, you know? You have to guess what you think happens next.
1: God, I am so unclear on what's going to happen. How can some third character, unless Mr. Lion guy runs in, and he's like, I am still moving, I help you, I'm a lion man.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know,
1: <laughs> like, I don't know what could happen right now. Like
0: Now that Mike has made this prediction, it's time for us to grade this episode on a scale from 1 to 5 stars. Let me get things started by saying... I feel like I, right now it's uh we've reached a point where it's like everything's just the same story Unbelievable. I can't really I can't really You will really grade this grade. episode Michelle
1: or we will wait. <laughs> all
3: right, come back
0: to me at the end. Let's go.
3: Okay, all right. I'm going to give this episode 5 out of 5 sacrifices. Nice. All uh
1: I came up with that and um I think it's very no. <laughs> Well, if you if you play back the record, you'll see that I actually came up with this the term sacrifices. Mm. I don't know about that. I don't think this is gonna go well for me. But anyway, let's just say <laughs> No, I completely yeah, I already blurted it out. But yeah, sorry, Arthur. Uh, five five sacrifices as well.
2: Yeah, and same boat. I feel five sacrifices. Again, great term. <laughs> or whoever made that up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, me, me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but it hits a lot of good points. Like it's not boring, which I think counts for a lot for a series like this when you're getting closer and closer to the end. You know, sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's tedious. But this is like I actually really want to know what happens next. I want to see the next fight. I want to see the next scene. And the way the characters are split up into different groups. It makes for a really fun episode of TV.
0: And now we reach the end of this. No, week's Michelle, episode Michelle, of- you gotta do the you gotta do your rating, you know. I don't know, man. How could you, like, what's holding you back? I can't put a number to how what I'm feeling right now. I'm liking this, but I also have some problems with it. But the problems I had with this part of the show have diminished. You know what? Four sacrifices, okay? Four. All right. That's a we We'll take it.
2: We'll take it. Pretty good.
0: And now we've reached the end of this week's episode of Full Metal Analysts, which means it's time for me to thank our guests for coming. Thank you so much, David. It's been a pleasure having you here.
2: Oh, thank you for having me. This has been a really fun time.
1: Yeah, you're great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you, I agree. <laughs> I also agree. But I mean it. You <laughs> know, you know so <laughs> <been coming.
1: laughs> You were great. I'm just
0: saying. Where can people find you online?
2: Uh you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Hermanos. It's my last name in Spanish. And I am DavidBrothers.com. And also I do a manga podcast called manga splaining at mangasplaining.com.
0: David, before you go, can you please give us your best full metal alchemist, just like the interstitials? Full metal alchemist. And if you want to swallow God, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FMAnalysts. That's twitter.com slash fm, the word, analysts. Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. If possible, leave us a review or recommend the show to a friend. We'd like to thank Sarah Lerner for managing our Tumblr. You can check that out at fullmetal But watch out, there are spoilers there. We'd also like to thank Camilla Franklin for doing our podcast art. You can check out more of her work by following her on Instagram at Camillastrator. If you like this episode and would like to hear more, why not subscribe to our Patreon for just $2 to receive extended versions of each episode a week early. That's right, you can listen to next week's episode right now by going to patreon.com slash analysts That will be all for now. We'll see you next time on Full Metal Analysts. Until then, stay frosted, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.